Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 197. Today's episode begins a new arc in our series, Echoes of Invasion. Set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. This is closing time. Trick and Heppa wind down their time in South Tower, enjoying the close of the Full Bloom Festival, some time with their new friends, and, once they've dragged their feet long enough, finding an artifact for Thrandalum. This arc contains spoilers for the Battle for Westnoth campaigns Eastern Invasion and Liberty, as well as references to the Rise of Westnoth, Legend of Westmere, and the Hammer of Thursagon. Stick around after the episode for some GM notes if you're interested. For the story up to this point, visit our website, diceystories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. Welcome to the final day of the Full Bloom Festival. You guys were up really late last night. Yep. You're starting the day each having suffered two strain. Just two strain? That's what we well, start with? Well, like, you, you slept for the night. Okay. But you wake up, you're not completely refreshed. Okay. Have you set a magpie alarm clock, or are you just going to wake up whenever? I think it's time to wake up whenever. Okay. So, you sleep in a little later than you have on previous days, um, but you wake up in time to make it over to the fairgrounds. So, at the fairgrounds, there's two things going on in the morning. There is the parade of flowers... And there is the final ceremonies. The Parade of Flowers is a variety of carts decorated with things that are in bloom at this time of year. Some also have fabric flowers on them. The fairgrounds are a little soggy this morning, but it's not actively raining. Some carts are being pulled by horses or donkeys. Other carts are hand-drawn by people. And pretty much what happens is the carts enter the parade ground where the duels and the grand melee was and things like that, which is already like a complete mess, having been torn up by the grand melee. And it's all muddy today, though. Yeah. So they parade in and like make a circle and go around, and there's like a, an announcer of sorts who like has a a bullhorn. Yeah, a bullhorn. We'll say. And each cart, as it arrives to enter the field for display, the announcer, like, says either, like, what the trade is or, like, what city they come from or, and, like, what their flower is that their cart is covered with. So they're coming from different cities to decorate their carts and drive them around? Well, so, you know, like, varieties of merchants came from different places. Right. Like, these are not necessarily people who only showed up to have a flower-covered car. Right, right, right. They're, I think HEPA finds it so fascinating. Like, this whole thing is, like, a very surreal, like, what? who would think to do all these different things and put them on the cart and then drive them on, I don't know if elves have parades or not, but just driving them all around, it's just, like, so much... Weirdness? Yeah. It's like, like how did that transpire? <laughs> like, Where did this come from? How did that evolve, right? Yeah. So, I mean, some, some people are there only as, like, visitors, right? They arrived in their little RVs, <laughs> whatever. Caravans? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also, like, some people are, like, more local merchants, but they still have, like, hand carts and things like that. It's a whole mix. 
you recognize uh, some of the flowers, you don't recognize others. But yeah, you know, it's, it's a nice little display. And the people around you, like the humans around you, who come to this festival every year, like they're all ooing and eyeing over. And there's like some discussion of like, oh, what's what's so and so gonna do with their cart this year? Or like, you know, like think of like the rose rose bowl or something like that, you know. This is the uh, Thanksgiving Macy's Day Parade. Yeah. Yeah. And they're talking about it. They're discussing what did they do and what are they going to do. Yeah. Another one comes in and the people around you are like, oh, will they be able to top that next year? Who knows? You know, like, so fascinated with flowers. <laughs> Something she didn't realize with humans, but that's good to know. Humans love flowers. Or just whatever activity is happening. <laughs> and so, like, once there's a full field's worth of carts, then at that point, from up on the, the high stand... Guedri announces that it is time to recognize the champions of the Full Bloom Festival. And then there's a... A herald steps up and begins, like, reading names for people to come and present themselves. And at this point, the mood around you is mixed. Some people are like, why can't they just, like, have them already up there? Like, why would we wait for everybody, one by one, to walk up there? Like... Yeah, whereas other people are, like, cheering wildly when whoever gets... You're supposed to wait till the end to cheer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just cheer one time, not every time. So uh, there's a little bit of... Why are there so many of them? Right, so there's multiple um, people get awarded in the duels for the different level, skill levels of fighting. The archery competition and the crossbow competition, those awards get given out. The artisans also get recognized over the last couple of days, judges were walking around, you know, so like best wheel of cheese and, you know, just things like that, including like a jeweler gets called up for um, like most impressive piece most of... Most impressive opal! <laughs> <laughs> so do we have these sorts of things in the elf village? So I, I would say, so we know like certain elvish craftspeople take pride in their work. We know there's a sorcerer's promotion ceremony. Yeah, so there's like... Separate, there's ceremonies. There's rituals. Yeah, there's there's ceremonies and there's rituals. We have festivals. Do you have, like, this kind of county fair vibe? Maybe not to the same level of showmanship here. Like, but maybe so not... so judgy? Probably, like, best wheel of cheese? Probably not the same level of competition. Okay. But, probably not every year. But, like, you guys are a much smaller society, right? But there's a concept of presenting something and somebody will determine which one's the best or whatever. The number of people in your village who all practice the same craft as each other right. is pretty small, right? There's like the master craft self and their apprentices and things like that. So it's not like there's this large pool of cheesemakers who are right. all in competition with each other. Right. So it might be that like at your yearly promotion ceremony, everybody brings like the best, you know, pot that they threw, but then it's all like recognized everybody made good pots. Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that gives me... It's a little bit of a different idea. Yeah. The, I mean, there's... Maybe this is why Alrex doesn't want to judge, because it's so predominant. Like, is this cheese the best? Yeah. I, I would say there was less competitiveness, at least in the artisanal fields among the elves. So the various people all get called up. The Grand Melee, there's various awards given out. Termaine is called up, most honorable Ooh. fighter. Trick's got her favorite still. Do you start the... Yeah, the terrain, I think so. The wave going again. What is this now? The terrain of the plains. And her... her Look, do the... 
do the move. Everybody make the shape. <laughs> uh, you don't need a, to rally the troops this time. Oh, okay. This is just a, just to wrap up the flavor of your visit here. Yeah, and so then everybody has been awarded. Everybody is given little red triangle ribbons, just like the flags of the of the city. All the winners are. And then Guadjuri gives a speech, you know, thanking all the organizers, thanking everybody who came from so far away, hoping that they all had an excellent stay in the city and that they will... He looks forward to, to welcoming them all back in the autumn. And then there's, like, cheering. There's another festival in the autumn? Wait, I thought this was once a year. This one? You don't know about second festival. And a human next to you says, well, yeah, the, the After Harvest Festival. After Harvest? <laughs> we look at each other and like, this twice a year? <laughs> Man, there's a lot going on. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to come back. Yeah. <laughs> that is the conclusion of the Full Bloom Festival. So this is like a couple hours, and essentially it's over like around lunchtime or so. And at that point, Terwain... Good. locates you because up with her. Cause you were doing you know you were doing your crazy cheering she picks you out in the audi- audience there so Terwain does locate you guys she comes up to you and she says I hope you are both well I got your message that you could not come oh, practice okay. dueling yesterday morning. oh good good um, yeah it was like mate is sticking his head out of what is he under? of the backpack oh he's in your backpack he's in the backpack he was taking a nap uh, like yeah we're Still trying to teach him. He's a slow learner. He's a slow, slow learner. Strawberry. Go back to go back to sleep. <laughs> we're we're okay now. A friend of ours got got into some bad things, but took care of it. Do you still wish to spar? I do. I'm so sorry. I really, I'm really sorry. I missed the sparring. But yes, I would love to. Well, I'm free now. Okay. Things are being cleared away now and stuff like that. So she, she takes you over to the center of the field. Hepa's slightly relieved that she's not mad. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes her experience when somebody's disappointed in her isn't. <laughs> That's true. You could not have sent a better message than a blackbird. No, but I don't think you can get to rain down unless you're, like, swinging a mace. And then she's like, good shot. Mace is acceptable. Morning Star is not. Trick is not even fully aware of the difference. <laughs> Morning stars have the spikes on the ends, right? Not morning the morning stars. stars, yeah, are far more spiky. Okay, Hepa, you are going to engage in melee. Yeah, I brought my sword. <laughs> and so what we're going to do is we're going to have Terwain roll melee on you, and you're going to roll melee on her, and then we'll compare a number of successes. So it's melee light. It is melee light. Good. So you're rolling two purples is the difficulty of melee. And then she has defensive because she's got a sword out. Mm-hmm. And you also have defensive because you have a sword out. So each of you is going to be having a black die as well as the two purples. You have a level of defense just for being an elf, too, I think. Yes, she does. Dodge is what I have. Oh, that's right. You took dodge, the talent. Yeah. But do I want to use that? Because this would be... Trying to decide if that would be part of her trying to learn. Because it's a sparring. It's not like she's really trying to... Okay. Don't use it in the first round. Okay. Oh, there's be rounds? That's two out of three. Oh, okay. Ooh. Dwayne, never having fun in Elf before, is off her game. Well, I made three threats, but I did succeed. Well, she failed, but she has two advantages. All right, so first round goes to Hepa. What happens with my threats? You're going to have one black die on round two, and you're taking a strain. But you have won the first round. What does your dodge talent do? 
by a combat check, I may do a number of strain to upgrade the difficulty. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to try that because it's good for me to learn. You're going to be all strained out before you even get to your date. You're like, I'm just going to take a nap. I rolled like she did. Two advantages. All right, so you'll get a blue die on your next roll. She succeeded with triumph. All right. And two threats. So she's taking another black die on the final roll, and she's upgrading on the final roll. Are you going to use your dodge again? No, that failed. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe I need more practice with the sword. Apparently I do. It was just too much distraction. But I didn't succeed this time either. All right. She succeeds with one threat. But I had three advantages. Okay. So what happened is you did all right in the very first round, but then you started to try to, like, be all dodgy, and that's when she started, like, getting you more. Yeah, yeah. So she gives you instruction in, like, the proper way to dodge out of the way. Right. Like, you were telegraphing your moves too much. Right. So you have a friendly little sparring encounter. Terwain is... Her usual Chipper self. cheerful, supportive, encouraging, even as as you're fighting, she's giving you pointers about now lift that higher and etc. Refuse the shoulder. So then can I use that to heal some strain? Because she's such a great Yes. Okay. All those advantages can be used to heal strain, as there are no further checks you need to make in this. I tell her I wish you were the teacher. I probably would have stayed in school. <laughs> <laughs> She thanks you for your uh, gracious acceptance of the tutelage. Trick. Are you just watching? Are you just... Yeah, I think he, he watches. This is like he he's generally only seen elves fight or just humans fight. See like an elf and a human fight. Like how does this actually work? Like how does the, how are these styles different? Is it like ah. your internal struggle? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> it's, all, it's more like Trick is eating popcorn or whatever, like leftover fair food. And he's just like, man, this sword is overrated. Fisticuffs all the way. <laughs> Look, you got to be in their face or 10 yards away. There's no in-between. There's no in-between. Okay. But as you watch and are noting all this, you may make a vigilance check. <laughs> is this something Mate would notice, or he doesn't care? I don't think you can use Mate's vigilance here because you encouraged him to go to sleep in your backpack. That's a good point. What's the difficulty? Three purples. That is a failure with a threat. I got a tap on the shoulder. It's not a tap so much as you suddenly realize somebody is there when they say, son, I was hoping. I was like, it's a popcorn. <laughs> it's my face instead of going in my mouth. I was hoping to catch you before you left. I don't know how long oh. you're planning to be around. I think we'll probably leave in tomorrow morning. Or afternoon. I think things went great last, last night. Henrik did a great job. Yes, yes, I... think uh, the javelineers and the archers made it out okay? The report was, was very favorable, and um, here. Wait, but she's got like a bag of the reward money? Or... No, she hands you a strange-looking bow. Is this her bow? Or is it, it just looks like it? Or I can't tell the difference. Do you ask this question? I think Trick, he will look at it for a second to try to determine that. Okay. And... Is this an adventuring? Knowledge adventuring? Yes. Knowledge lore? This is probably an adventuring. adventuring. Knowledge adventuring. Sure. I uh, thought we were never going to use those skills. Yeah. Average. Well, that's because you've been hanging out in town. You haven't been adventuring in a while. All right. That is a failure with one advantage. Okay. So I think Trick will say, like, he's not sure. This isn't yours, is it? So Maeve says, yes, it is hers. She's not prepared to give you her mother's bow at this point. It... You'll recall at dinner you had inquired about the bow that she shot at the right. start of the festival. Maeve knows how to make these bows, and 
she has the one that was her mother's. She is giving you her bow. She seems like a little nervous. Like she's not sure how how like. If I'm particularly attached to my your elfiness, will yeah. will accept receiving this bow, which is a very different type right. of bow than yours. This is really nice. Like tricks. He's like fascinated by it. And like, and there's this thumb ring, which I think is probably not part so, of. So right. So she she gave you the bow, and she also handed you a thumb ring. The thumb ring is made of bone. <laughs> you start you start flipping it around. What is this piece for? And it is this point that you notice that she is wearing a thumb ring on her right hand. And she says, it's to protect your finger when you draw. Hmm. And like, Trick just like looks down at his hand and like, I haven't, uh, maybe the draw weight is more like. And you go to draw it. And she goes, no, 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 that's not how you draw this. Okay. How do you draw this? She She pulls out a piece of paper. (laughs) (laughs) She takes the bow back from you. Okay. You took your fingers. And you went to draw back with your fingers. Yes. She wraps her thumb around the string and pulls back with her thumb. Huh. And she says, you probably knock on the wrong side too, don't you? And she <laughs> she pulls out an arrow and she knocks it against the outside of the bow. How do you keep your arrow from veering off to the side then? You aim? It's <laughs> pure discipline, huh? <laughs> And she's like, look, if you really want to wrap your fingers around your thumb for extra support until you learn how to do it properly, you can. Like, a trick's going to make a cool check. Not because he's <laughs> upset, but, like, he finds this amusing. It's like, oh, a human is giving archery advice to an elf. Yes. I think this is average. And she doesn't have the best uh, teaching skills. I'll throw in a black dad. Not like Terwain. She's great. There is success, but still with a threat. So there is just a bit of a, a slight uh, snicker thing. Trick respects, like, this is a different way of doing archery. Right. He does enough things different himself. He's not really in a position to be judging. Yeah. So she shows you how to draw with the thumb, and and then she points out that of all the fingers one has, the thumb is the strongest of them, and that there's also less chance of flubbing. When you draw with multiple fingers, sometimes one gets caught. Oh, that's not a problem. (laughs) I think what Trick will do is... Why don't I just learn this with my opposite hand so I don't get confused to begin with? Ooh, okay. So now you have your elvish shooting side and your human shooting side. Yeah, and that way the arrow is always on the same side of the bow. All Give right. it a try. Well, sure. So check, you, Make sure the area of target is clear. So you're going to make an archery check, but you're going to have a black die for using the hand you don't normally use and a black die for using technique you don't normally use. Okay. Th- this shooting offhanded thing is not always going to matter. It's just for now. But I think first, Trick is going to make a verse check. What are you going to... He's going he's gonna to talk himself so, up. Like you're flipping the thumb ring around as your yeah. juggling component? I think Trick will, he will like call out to the... I do appreciate... I really, this is, looks like a really nice bow. It seems like it's going to be really good. Uh, appreciate the irony of an, an elf receiving archery instruction from a, from a human. That's just... But, you know, I get it. It's a different kind of bow. But uh, I think I'm pretty good. Pretty accomplished uh, hunter. Do you relate an anecdote? Like, where's the verse coming from? Uh, okay, yeah. Well, I guess... The ghost? It would, have, it would be the ghost, because, like, Maeve fought with Wendy's oh, army. she fought the undead, yeah. Yeah, like, you fought more than your fair share of undead, I'm sure. Napa and I ran into some on our way in the, in the hills. A ghost. You think they're already dead. You think the arrow would go right through them, but if you hit just the right spot, you can kill them. And if you hit just the right spot... Twice, you can take him down you can kill, with kill the same him. arrow. 
Actually, you got to see that arrow, because I gave it to the young archer who was trying out. I don't know if you noticed that her arrow had a different fletching than all the others. Okay, so you may... I have to make the first check first. First, five. I don't need to go nuts. You're just augmenting yourself one level? One level, which I think is average. Yes. And my verse is pretty good. But you will fail. With a pile of advantages. But she likes the story. Well, she appreciates that. I think the advantage is... Well, I, I will suggest... Go ahead. You know, she knows that you're inclined to make stories and stuff, but I think she believes you. She. This is a true story. Yes. Um, as opposed to, like, thinking that you're... That's not going to consume all these advantages, right, right. but... I think the way Trick describes, like, the ghost, like, you know, I shot it seemingly dead, but it just returned, but I shot it dead a second time. Like, it's an accurate description of what she understands a ghost. Yeah, and your, your description of, like, what the physically, what the ghost looked like, with its robe blowing around, like, and, like, the skull-type thing yes. that you hit, like, it's clear to her, yes, you have seen a ghost, and you have interacted with one. And she knows how hard it is to kill a ghost, particularly with arrows. Yes. But am I actually any good? So, some of your advantages go towards rapport with your mom, but the other advantages can give you a blue die on the okay. shot. Okay, no, Trick feels confident. Did you want to spend anything? Sure, why not? Make your roll better the old-fashioned way? Yep. You can impress right. your mom. That's true. Okay, I roll no successes and no failures. I have two advantages. Okay. So, I think I'm just I'm still unfamiliar with this. i got to train that muscle. Yep. The thumb muscle. The thumb muscle. Yeah, normally that muscle's for, for dowsing. Very <laughs> different skill. To, she's like, you have to douse on the other side. You're probably <laughs> holding it upside down. <laughs> you know, uh, that's, that's something I'm always getting backward. Always finding sand when I need to find water. But uh, thank you. Thank you very much. This is, this is really nice. And so, just mechanically speaking, the bow you have just received, the only difference from your elvish bow is that it does one more damage. Yep, I So it is the damage of a long bow, but the encumbrance and range of a regular bow. That is really nice. Now I feel I don't have anything. You know, I, I <laughs> ate this mushroom. <laughs> well, you know, you, you don't owe 28 years of child support. Yeah, you know. Uh, I do ask her, is there is there any message that you would like to relay back to anyone in Esperin or not? If not, <laughs> that's totally fine. <laughs> I think she's got to think about that. Is there any message that she would want to relay? Because you're kind of here. You're probably the only person she'd want to... Yeah. I can get to Thrandalil as easy to Uncle Thrand. Or I'm going to track... I, I guess Trick will tell her. Like, I'm going to track down Anador. If there's any message you want me to deliver to him, too. And she, she'll tell you she appreciates the effort you went through to locate her. And she's she's willing to give this a go. Right. But her relationship with Anador ended 30-some years ago. That's fair. I just wanted to give her the opportunity. Uh, if it's a right hook, it's a right hook. No. Okay. Like, she and Anador had words, and they parted ways non-amicably. To the extent that Anador did, himself did not even come and pick you up. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. Well, I I really appreciate this, and thank you for your all your help in town. We'll definitely, whenever we next visit, which I heard there's a festival in the fall, too? Yeah, the After Harvest Festival. How many festivals do you have in this town? Well, as for large festivals that draw crowds, it's mainly the spring and the, the fall one, but there's observances of other times of year as well. There's the winter solstice, there's Sol Invictus. There's... People need things to keep them occupied. I guess so. This is what they do because they're not all in school all day. 
That's very nice. I will take good care of this and see. Hopefully I don't get made fun of too much back home. Well, you can give them a right hug if they do. I suppose so. Uh, I think they share a slightly awkward hug. Yeah. Pat, pat, pat. Thanks, Mom. You <laughs> <laughs> know, Terwain's just like giggling at this. Or... Well, Terwain is engaging in uh, dueling with, with Hepa. And she, so... she might not be able to pay attention because she has to really give me a lot yeah, of instruction. And, you know, Terrain has a different relationship with Maeve than you do. That's true. Terrain has known that Maeve was her mother for a very long time, and <laughs> they are distinctly unfamiliar towards each other. Is but what... professional. Yes. You haven't figured that out yet. Well, that was good. Say goodbyes to Terrain. Okay. So, that takes care of the Full Bloom Festival, and it is now midday. I think Ulrich said he could show us an aviary. <laughs> uh huh. So uh, it's like lunchtime anyway, so we should check that out. Yeah. I think I owe him a, a favor in the sense of a literal favor. Not that I owe him any favors in general. <laughs> All right. So you guys return to the party glass. Yep. Yeah, I I do want to talk to Damal, but I don't know how long that would take. So I'm wondering about doing that tomorrow before we leave. Whatever you want to do. So you guys return to the party glass. It's on fire. Was that your mother? <laughs> yes. What did she say? Didn't... She, she gave me her bow. Oh, wow. Very nice. So it's like an heirloom? No, because her mother, my grandmother's... She did not give you your grandmother's bow. Right. However, she has given you her bow. So if the grandmother's bow is an heirloom, then doesn't that mean this one is? Jake gets the same sense <laughs> that this is considered less than. It's certainly not as old. Yeah, not as old and probably... Mom, Maeve, there's like this munging of, of word. Mom of Yeah, she probably thinks that, like, probably her mother. She probably thinks that that bow is better than this one just because it's older or she looks up to the person who made it. But if this one's hers, then I think it's an heirloom. I guess so. Is it tradition to give your child a bow? Well, so far they gave me a knife and a bow and... Huh. I mean, I made the dowsing rod myself. But that was from Nasir. Well, I made it. Yeah. I mean, under his extraordinarily close supervision. (laughs) At what age do you think you'll get your armor? (laughs) I don't know about that. It's heavy and clanky. Because Maeve wears, like, a chainmail kind of stuff, doesn't she? Maeve does, yeah. Yeah. Whereas Terwain has, like, plate. Yes. But that's their profession. Yes. I'm not a soldier, so I don't think I'll be wearing metal armor anytime soon. Trick has a new piece of jewelry. That's right. Oh, you... Is it an artifact? No. What does it do? Protects my thumb. Oh, so it's your armor. Your thumb. Ah, Yes. My first piece of armor. (laughs) What does it protect you from? The bowstring. Because, like, the way way she holds it is kind of strange. Rather than, like, you know, just use... Like, you've shot a bow before. Like, normally you just, like, barely pull it back with your fingers. She, like, grabs the whole thing. Is it harder to pull this one? It's a a nice-looking bow. Give it a try. Okay, I give it a try. Is it hard to draw normally, like Elven style? It's not. It doesn't have an appreciably different draw strength. It's got a strange shape, kind of. Yours are curved, and it has this out curve at the ends. And it's made of multiple materials. It is not simply one piece of wood, but the draw strength is about the same. Okay, so how do you do it with your thumb? You take your whole thumb, wrap around. So you're pulling with your thumb instead of your two fingers. Mm-hmm. And she 
says that you can get more pull strength this way. Because your thumb is the strongest finger. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Medically? <laughs> I feel like you can't fire as fast, though. I don't know. Because you haven't practiced. Yeah, maybe that's it. I'm giving it a try. It's interesting. I wonder yeah. if that's a tradition in your family or it's just the way she does it. I bet it's a family thing. Did she tell you where it came from? or? Well, yes, that it was. She made it. Oh, no, no, the style of archery. Yeah. Uh, No, we we did not get into a discussion on the... You were just aware that your grandmother had a similar bow, and therefore it is likely a Manu style of bow. Yes. And besides, like, you hear all the time of warriors who have, like, two swords on their back, but how many do you hear of two bows on their back? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Just go, pull two bows at once. I think you might need your feet for that. I'll, I'll, I'll work on it. You need special shoes. Two arrows at the same time. Not a problem. These are the kinds of conversations that get us robbed. (laughs) (laughs) And so this conversation takes you all the way back to the party glass. Yep. Yeah. All right. Lunchtime at the party glass. You guys have a stew bowl? I think so. What do you wish to drink? Well, is Alric there? Yes. What does he recommend? He gives you heather ale. Uh Uh-huh. Do I have to make a resilience check? Anytime I get a recommendation, do I make a resilience <laughs> check? Sure. Make resilience checks so we know how tipsy you are for this afternoon. I shouldn't have said anything. One purple. Okay. So it's not a hard at all. It's pretty tame. Yeah, it is. I succeed with an advantage. Oh, you can decide whether you like other ale or not. I think I do because there was an advantage. It, it has a nice calming feel and I'll take my last strain. This is very nice. All right. So you guys have your stew. Trick wall. Offer to hang up a little favor on the giant bank list. Oh, okay. You're gonna gonna climb up behind the. I mean, he'll check with Alaric first. Well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To hang this up. Yeah. Sure. Put it right next to the one that had to come from Glimmer. The undoubted one. Yeah. You don't know which one came from Glimmer. Glimmer has traveled quite broadly. And Glimmer has been here before, so it all adds up. So, how is it that you offer the favor to Alaric? Like, what do you tell him about it? I think Trick is letting Ulrich know, like, we're probably going to be heading out tomorrow. Excellent stay here. Five stars. He wouldn't say five stars. <laughs> uh, you know, all those things I said about the food. You know, it was edible. It was very edible. But I want to make sure he has, make sure you have this little favor that signifies this establishment is safe for elves. Elf approved. <laughs> yes. We stayed here at least one night and we're not murdered in the morning, uh, which is the, the minimum bar. <laughs> Entry level elf Entry satisfaction. Level elf satisfaction. I will note the place where the ghost did not get one of these. <laughs> it didn't get one of these because you like didn't have them at the I time. The but you did insist on tying something elvish That's up. That's right. That's right. Because we cleared out all the ghosts then. It was then safe. We made it safe. <laughs> and I haven't seen any ghosts here. So you must have already had your ghosts cleared out. Probably about thirty years ago. Yeah, it adds up. Well, this building certainly wasn't here thirty years ago. Right. Anyway. If any other elf is passing through town, and they come into this bar, they'll see, oh, okay, this barkeep is not going to murder me in my sleep. I appreciate your assessment of me. Especially, well, and Trick will drop his voice down, <laughs> especially knowing that, like, you probably could if you wanted to. <laughs> Which is also, you know, a good uh, skill to have. I suppose it's more meaningful than that I didn't. See? Seems like it's better for business. Are you free now? Yes. Oh, did you got the aviary? Okay. Yeah, order this little guy. You stay, stay down. You're going to get your head chopped off. Keep Al- stealing their lunches. Alric goes down the bar towards the kitchen and calls through the curtain. 
He says, Mabel, I'm done for the day now, so if you will take over the front. Mabel's a new person. Yeah, Mabel's not Iggy. But you hear in reply, you hear Iggy's voice go like, What? It's, it's barely past lunchtime, you're already having here. And, and Alex just like, Complain to Mabel, Iggy. I'm not here anymore. And then what does Mabel say? Shut your trap! <laughs> that was kind of what I expected. You could either charm Iggy or just yell at him, I guess. Alaric comes, like, around the bar, and out of the curtains comes probably the oldest female human you have seen so far. She's, like, thin as a rail and uh, would only come up to, like, your shoulder. And her, is her hair all white? Her hair is, like, white, but it's, like, pulled back into, like, a super tight bun. She, like, comes behind the bar and um, it looks, like, even shorter now than before because she's behind a counter. And then she gets up on the... And then, she, <laughs> and, and then she says, you you kids have fun now. And Alex says, come on. It was nice to meet you, Mabel. <laughs> he heads up one set of stairs to the floor where you guys had your private dining room. As we're growing up, how old is she? Do you know? Uh, she know. Over, well, how old was the farmer's? Gummer Doc was like 60, 50, 60-ish. she older than 60? Probably. I must admit, I have never asked her. Wise man. I still haven't figured out when it's okay to ask or not. Probably not as the first part of a conversation. Maybe get to know someone a little bit first. But when you're when you're administering medical help, you can ask. That usually goes okay. <laughs> so next flight of stairs takes you to the floor that you are guys' room on. Yep. And then at the end of the hallway, there's a steep staircase that folds down like kind of laddery stairs when he grabs a rope and pulls down part of the ceiling and uh, goes up there into the attic. How many falcons do you have? She'll ask as we're going, you know, she's going to ask questions. And he's going to tell you, well, now there are six. And you come up the stairs and the attic is here and it actually has parts of the roof are actually like Instead of being the slope of the roof, they're propped up, and so they are, they are like, open to the exterior. And in this room here, there's, like, several, like, post-type things for, like, birds to land on. There's, like, boxes of gear and, and stuff like that. Aside from, also, it's an attic, so it's got attic <laughs> things of storage, right? Right. Couple um, extra bunks. But there's also, uh, there is one bird, like, sitting on one of the things kind of like just resting in here. They're, and they're all falcons? Or do they have other birds? He only keeps falcons. Okay. So the one bird that's in this room, the attic room, he whistles to, and that bird like kind of sleepily opens its eyes and and like slowly flies over and lands on his left arm. And he holds the bird out to you and he tells you this is Arkut who's the oldest of the falcons. Hmm. How old? Arkut is 21, which is really pushing it. And you said you inherited them? They're... Are they heirlooms? <laughs> <laughs> These birds artifacts. They contain magical powers. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable saying I inherited them yet. I mean, with them all still alive, that feels a little weird. But... Oh, they, they were Demals? Damal was responsible for them before. Oh, you just said you got them from your your mother or your family? He said he said that the, the falcons 
are in his family. Okay. Okay, that's where she got the idea that they were inherited. But so, yeah, okay. So at this point, he'll explain that Adderin comes from the clutch that his mother had, but Adderin's the only falcon here that is from that group. The other falcons, like Arcut here, were either with Damal or have been born since. Okay. So he like introduces Arkut to each of you, so Arkut knows you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but Arkut is unlikely to be bearing messages on your behalf. Right. Uh, Arkut is enjoying retirement, hence the napping. <laughs> and so he restores Arkut to his perch. What is the proper greeting for them? Ah. So he makes a whistling sound. Okay. If you guys want to, you can make a survival check to attempt to try imitate it. the whistling sound. So what does that mean? Like, that's like, hello, it's nice to meet you? It's not language the way that humans and elves have language. It's more recognition of... <laughs> I have to ask so hard questions. Yeah, it's more like just like acknowledging the other. It's nodding to someone. <laughs> what is the difficulty on that? It is average difficulty. I got an advantage, but that was it. All right, I'm going to throw a black die, because I have another bird that these falcons probably don't like with me. Just a guess. <laughs> Failure with two advantages. Maybe, like, his head is just barely peeking out of the, <laughs> the backpack. He doesn't go, ah, go back in. Like, in the, the camera can just, like, see his eyes. Like, you stay down. You want to keep those eyes? Those guys eat eyes for Perfect. midnight snack. Okay? You saw it. So, Their eyes aren't very big, so they're going to take both of them. So neither of you succeeded your checks. Mm. Right. So Alaric's like, mm, close, but it's <laughs> years. I years actually have this. a... Trick will try to have mate. He'll like, all right, mate, can you make that noise? Ah, okay. He does not have survival. Right. Uh, but he does have, you know, vicious mockery. Yes, he, he is a mimic, so... He's wanted to make his survival check. Okay. Ho ho! Success with two threats. So mate does make the sound successfully back. But then Arkut, like, turns and, like, looks. And Mate, like, ducks back down into the bag. Mm. <laughs> stupid, stupid. What if we have to learn to throw your voice? At this point, Alric's like, either let him out of the bag or keep him hidden. Because he's got to have at least a chance to run if they decide that they don't want him yeah, messing with that stuff. I, I'm going to be taking him out of your hair when we get out of here. He's been causing too much trouble for your, your falcons, I think. I mean, they know him. He's He's been around a while, but... I think if they could, they would tear him to pieces. They would at least chase him. And he can't really run well when he's confined that way, so... That's true. If you want him to have a fighting chance. I don't know, mate. Do you want to hop out of there? And he's like, huddled down. So he'll uh, he'll stay, stay out of the way. Down. Yeah. He tells you to be careful because you're going to be going out like onto the roof now. And you can meet... The new ones. You have babies? Well, they're not my babies. <laughs> I, I think that would be biologically difficult. But I don't know if it's impossible. Seems like it should be. Anyway, the roof. <laughs> <laughs> so, he goes out first and advises you on where to stand to be careful. Because out on the roof, there are two falcon nests. Hmm. Falcons like these prefer to build their nests on like kind of cliff-like edge type places. And so there's a couple nests built on the edge of the roof. One nest doesn't have anything in it at this point. But the other nest has two adorable little white spoofy balls. Super tiny little falcons. How old are they? She's like asking how old everybody is. They're about two weeks old. 
Oh, wow. And they're like bright white and they're just like super fluff balls. So this is Oak and Alk and uh, they're pretty new. Their parents are Kilk and Nar and they're both out right now probably hunting for something to bring back to the kids. What do they eat? Well, in town here, um, <laughs> rats, but also they might catch pigeons or doves or other small birds. <laughs> Mockingbirds. <laughs> Magpies are larger than what they would normally go for. Right. It's more a matter of uh, harassment. Right. Yeah, so the, the parents will bring food back and they'll have already eaten it and they can regurgitate it into the kids' mouths. And then you have to wait until they can fly to start training them? Or do you start earlier? There's really not much to do with them at this point in time. They can't even fly at all, so there's no... There's nothing right now other than for them to get comfortable with me. Well, that's good. So your flock's growing? Yeah. So is six including these two? Yes. So Adarin is, is out just flying right now. And how often do, the ba- do they have babies? Or offspring is probably what she would say. It depends on how the season has been. It, it also really depends on how active they've been. Kilkanar, they often run the western route. We haven't sent any messages that way in a while, and so they've had more time here around to relax and things like that and have decided to have a couple eggs this year. They're younger birds, too. Adarin is middle-aged, I guess you would say, for a falcon. I am not in any way attempting to increase the size of the group or anything like that. That's entirely up to them what they want to do. So you just have them run messages? Yes, that's primarily... Is that part of your business? It certainly supplements income from the tavern itself. It was a profession in and of itself back among the dune folk, but there's not that many... It's like it's like a telegraph, but there's not that many other ends to the line, right? Like, like So probably back where our people are from, you could sustain yourself as a career of being just a falcon messenger. Service. Falconer. But here, while we do service people with transporting messages, it's a side business, and and it can be problematic in the wrong environment. Falconry is different among people of West North than it is among the Dune folk, and I'll leave it at that for now. Oh, that's really curious. Is there a fear of falcons among humans? No. It's a class issue. It's a, you gotta be a fancy, you gotta wear the fancy pants if you wanna have the bird. Falconry is a common hobby among wealthy nobility. A hobby? To raise the falcons? To raise them, to hunt with them, to have them. Among West North nobles, it is a sport to hunt with falcons and to raise them and to own them. There's prestige associated with that. He was trying not to tell me, and he was like, I don't understand. So some people disapprove of you having any falcons? Like, somebody's got to raise the falcons for the nobility, right? Or, like, a noble person's not going to, like, they're not going to run an aviary themselves, will they? No. A noble might have somebody, a retainer on their staff, who handles the birds for them. Nobody in this town gives me any problems related to it. But it is an issue my mother had to deal with in Walden. Ah. I take it then you would never sell one of these birds to 
Like if a noble saw any birds and said, I would like to buy that bird. No. These birds are part of my family. Right. That also is a concept that many people in Walden did not understand. Hmm. I mean, nobody's going to sell a pony. That would just be weird. The market is not a strong force in elder society. I don't know where the ponies came from. <laughs> we just always had them. So... It got very somber very quickly. For some reason, she's not sure. There's a quiet beat in which Alec takes the opportunity to make a call because he can see that the two other birds are circling nearby. What do your human eyes see? So he, he whistles a similar like descending pattern to what you've heard before. And then... So do the different whistles mean different things to them? There's whistles they understand that means to come. And at that point, <laughs> two falcons are coming, swooping down at him, and the two kind of jockey with each other a little bit because they know only one of them can land. But he puts out his arm, and one of the falcons lands, and he introduces you to Kilk and uh, makes the introductions so that Kilk will know you both. She'll try it again. <laughs> Probably doesn't sound like anything. And then he flings his arm up for Kilk to fly up, and then shortly thereafter... Nara lands on his arm as well for the introductions. And she'll do it again in earnest. <laughs> Trying really, really hard. She's meeting his family. She has to make a better impression than Damal. She might even say that. Hope they like me better than Damal. <laughs> better than Damal likes you or better than they like Damal? Better than Damal likes me. I don't know. What do they think of Damal? There's a reason that Alric's taking care of him. <laughs> I think Damal was happy to be able to devote his attention to other pursuits. Damal would certainly never shirk from anything that he felt he had a duty to do, but I believe he was relieved when they took to me. So you have six, including the chicks? Yes. And how many were there when he had them? You had one from your mother? Well, there was seven or eight at that point in time, but um, some of them have since died. I only brought Adoran with me. And then the rest came from Damal, or they were born here? Yeah, Nara is pretty young. She's maybe four years or so. So she's been born since I just took over them. Now, these falcons, do they all look the same? Or can you kind of tell they're different? Or does, I mean, besides the one that moves slow? Oh, it's really, really gauche. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, happens not. I'm asking. Right. Like, is, or can so, I not tell? Like, can I see the difference in them? Or they're coloring at all? They, Perception. <laughs> they have very similar coloring. But you're also getting like a really close look at them. You would never be able to tell them apart in the sky. Right. Whereas Elric was like, they're circling and Elric's like, that one's Kilk and that one's Nar. But when they're down on his arm and he is like very purposefully introducing you to them, particularly like one right after the other, you can see like, yeah, they have the same color in general. What, but they've a got, bigger, yeah, the males and the females have like slightly different looks to them and then also just slight different variations in color. I mean, the chicks look very different. And the, the chicks look exceedingly different from the adults. They have not gotten their grown-up feathers yet. Ooh. Do you have any questions for it, considering that you are about to be a responsible parent for a bird? Yeah. Very different kind of bird, though. And in Oliver's case, like, he doesn't specifically feed them. He just gives them a nice place to He breathe. has, like, food on hand, like, okay. that he does feed them sometimes, like, depending on the weather and things like that. Trick well asked. What are the things that are dangerous to these falcons? Like chocolate. <laughs> you got cats in your city. I don't think they're dangerous to falcons. Cats? I think mm. probably the other way around. His birds are 
are trained in defense. They practice restraint, though. They are not like wild falcons. They know that they operate in human spheres. And as you saw last night, like they can understand instructions for when situations change. Right. So there are various wild animals that could be problematic for them, but they're flyers. And they do not waste time on the ground, which is where they would be most most vulnerable. Most vulnerable. Your birds are going to be a little bit different, particularly if your bird is spending time down around you. Well, so I'm the problem. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're closer to the ground. Yeah, I'll see what I can do about that. So keep them and flying. There's also the issue of if mate's going to have a roost in your backpack, you need to make sure that mate can get out of it fast if he needs to. Going to have to work on that. So that if he does feel threatened, he can flee. Okay. Otherwise, I realize you met him here, and he was certainly snacking on people's food and your own, but it's best for them not to eat cooked food. So if you can encourage him to eat natural foods or raw. Yeah, that's going to be a hard one. It just might help his health. Yeah, otherwise he might put on some too much weight and not be able to fly. Feathers lose their sheen a little bit. Do that, you're going on a diet. So that's... Falcons are the type of bird that I know. I'm not, not a naturalist. Sure. Well, we'll see how this fellow does in the, in the woods. Further out of his element. Uh, maybe Elvis trail rations are better for him than, no offense, tavern food. <laughs> oh, I agree. But maybe we could rig something up with your backpack. That I think we could definitely try. Somehow I have a point in mechanics. You have a point in mechanics? I have no idea why. You built a raft. Oh, I yeah. I guess I built a raft. Hmm. Maybe like a little cage with a door. I mean, he's good at tying and untying things. So it could be a thing that he can tie closed when he wants it to be closed. So do you, do you want to try to catch one of them? One what? of the falcons? Like on your arm to have, oh. to have oh. land. <laughs> I thought you meant like run around and try to grab them. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I mean, if one were to come to deliver a message to you, like certainly uh. they can land in a tree or something like that, but you will need to approach them to undo whatever message they're carrying. Yeah, sure. I would like that very much. All right. He takes you back into the attic so that you guys can put on arm guards. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, now Hepa is a little scared, though, because she saw how much... Yeah, well, you're each getting thick leather tied around the arm that you choose to catch with. Do you have a recommendation? I mean, if you feel stronger in one arm than the other... I guess I'll try it with my right arm and then see if it feels... Okay. Like, I don't know how heavy they are. You're about to find out. <laughs> we can have you first just hold our coot. I can have him step from me to you, and then you'll get at least a feel for the weight of the bird. Okay. <laughs> Easy survival checks. And you get a blue die because our coot is helping you. He's an old bird who just wants to chill out. It's two successes over here. I don't have any points in this, but I could very cheaply. Maybe I'll have to learn now I have incentive. Okay, so a threat and two successes. Okay. You can take a strain with that threat. As it is a weight, and it's a weight you're not used to having to bear on that part of your anatomy. Right. But you both successfully have Arkut step over to your arm. He's bigger in person. I'm like, oh, you're a healthy boy, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, can I do, like, medicine checks on birds? And, like, yes. See if I can get a sense of them? Because that's what I want to know. Yes. If you wish to medically inspect Arkut, now that... He's sitting on your arm. Is there any modifiers for 
I'm gonna give a black dye just because you haven't really worked with birds before. Okay, and what's the difficulty? Oh wait, I have a knack for this or something. Yes, you do. And then what's the difficulty on it? You're just kind of assessing his overall health? Yeah. It's just one purple. Two advantages. Do you have thoughts regarding your advantages? Uh, maybe I can ask some questions because then I'll have a sense of Yes, you Maybe can help me later. You can do that, and mechanically, we can say you'll you'll have a blue dye to catch one of the vibrant falcons outside. Okay. Yeah. So you look the bird over, and you're like, oh, is it supposed to look this way or that? Yeah, way? yeah. I mean, I kind of figure if we're going to be traveling at some point, I might need to be able to tell if something's going on with the meat. That's a good. Point. I mean, I don't know. Hepa thinks that, but Lex knows that that could be a thing. So Awa will tell you a few things that he looks for in terms of are they healthy or are they sick or something like that. And, you know, it, it has to do with kind of like if feathers are, you know, missing or gunked together or whatever, like indications of, you know, like sometimes they'll get eye infections or, you know, so some, he tells you something along those lines. And then, um, Tricky, you succeeded your check, right? Yes. Okay. So then now you guys can go back out onto the roof and he's going to call down Kilk and Nar, one to each of you. And now it's going to be two purple survival check. But also, before he calls the birds down, he clips each of you in. He's got like a rope with carabiner type thing. Oh my gosh. You guys are out on the roof. Okay, here. I was like, where are they going to carry us off? So it's more just like a precaution. Well, that's good. Don't fall over and off the roof. I don't know where he gets the idea that I might fall. <laughs> I think she might say that is a good idea. Two successes and a threat. Same thing as him. Okay, so you guys each take another strain. Yeah. The birds are coming in with more velocity here. They're not just stepping over onto your arm. And, like, also there's, like, wind and stuff, right? Because their wings are still going. Um, Hello there. <laughs> but you each catch a falcon, and the falcons uh, stare you down, kind of. But... Oh, you see what a cool check seems cooler <laughs> than the falcon. Do you want to make a cool check? you want to posture at the bird? Yeah, yeah, sure. It's an important um, skill for you. I would think probably Hepa looks about as nervous as she is, but also it's kind of fun because... It's an experience. Well, because the Auric's here, too. I succeed with more strength. She's like, what do you have for breakfast? <laughs> Was it a mouse? <laughs> Was it a, a squirrel, a little, I think? Well, eyeballs sticking out of your mouth there. Yeah. And tricks are you... You maintained your cool against yeah. this bird. So what is what is your interaction with the bird look like? Like Hepa's being kind of like chatty with hers. Yeah, and... Trick is in a bit of a stare down with this bird. And then he's like, I'm not actually sure if this bird has eyelids. How does that work? Am I just locked in this for eternity? <laughs> <laughs> and then like the bird looks away and you've won. Victory. <laughs> uh, like yeah, Trick's reaction is like, this bird is too big. Mate is just your size. Oh like, yeah, like mate can hide in the backpack. <laughs> this bird could not fit in the backpack comfortably. They can get places, clearly this bird cannot. And then the little fledglings, they start making like <laughs> noises, and these two falcons just All take right, off. I'm like, um, are we supposed to, because I don't know that I can throw them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like wait for you. Like yeah. Alric will throw his arm up when he wants the bird to leave. Yeah. Um, but these birds, they don't wait for you. They're like, oh, the kids are hungry, and they take off. So that's the aviary. Pretty cool. That was fun. So who was was there last night? That was Adarin. Just Adarin? Yes. Seemed like a lot of birds. Well, mate was there as well. That's true. Yeah, there was two birds, technically. I didn't see a lot. (laughs) That's okay. 
all the falcons are important to me, but Adrian and I have a very different relationship than the other ones do. I raised her from a chick um, after my accident. So we bonded in a way that the others I don't have the same exact relationship with. So if I need backup in a dangerous situation, Adrian is who I would want there. Did you chew her food for her? <laughs> she looks. I think she looks like she's gonna ask a personal question, and she does. <laughs> no, no, I did not chew her food for her. Maybe mashed it some, but uh, yeah, regurgitating food into a bird's mouth—that was a little, a little much. It's <laughs> like I would have done it. <laughs> Just experience it. It seems like a, an efficient way to do it. But. So that is the end of your tour of the aviary. The end of an encounter. It is the end of an encounter, so you can roll to recover strain. All the strain from trying to catch a bird. Or you can second wind if you need to. Oh, that's good. Because I got to meet falcons and hold a falcon and try to talk to one. GM Jennifer here. If you're interested in learning more about the style of draw Maeve uses with her composite bow, the thumb draw rather than the three-fingered draw, then check out New Sensu's video that I've linked in the show notes. You've been listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westmouth video game and played using Edge Studio's Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at DelBorovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Westmouth by Matthias Westland, a.k.a. West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0, part of the Battle for Westmouth project. Visit them at westmouth.org. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you The only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience.